You'd think that as a video game podcaster and comedian, my life is all fun and games. And honestly, you'd be right. About 90% of the time, it's, it's pretty sweet. But every morning, I deal with something very, very serious. My face. You don't become an Edmonton 6 overnight. It takes work. And in my case, it takes good facial hair. And fortunately, I have a great facial hair tag team partner in Harry's. Hit up harrys.com slash RTG for a $3 trial set and see what I'm talking about. Harry saw the tire fire that the shaving market had become and asked, how did it get like this? Crappy plastic razors, overpriced blades, all locked up like gold bars. And they said, no, we... We can fix this. And damn it, they did. Harry's ships premium quality razors right to your door. About once a month, I check my mail and there's that little box with everything I need to keep my kid presentable status. The blades stay sharp longer, which means an easier time getting my face in order in the morning. And the razors don't look like a dumb piece of plastic that a junior high schooler uses to take care of their peach fuzz. You have the facial hair of a man now. Shave like one. I actually leave my razor handle on the bathroom counter all the time just because it looks so damn classy. Harry's blades are German engineered and they're made to last. They're the best blades on the market for the best price and you don't even have to go out to get them. Set your delivery schedule and shave like a king. I know it sounds sarcastic, but I'm being serious. I've used Harry's forever. These blades are really freaking good. Highest reviews in the industry. A money back guarantee that you're not going to need and a subscription that you can cancel anytime you want. Getting ripped off isn't funny. Switch to Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just 3 bucks at harrys.com slash RTG. That's harrys.com slash RTG for a $3 trial set. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Remember the Game. It is my retro gaming podcast where every week a buddy of mine and I sit down and we geek out about the games we played back in the day. My name is Adam Blank. Thank you so much for listening to the show. And this week it is episode 275, and it's one of our revisited episode, world-renowned revisited episodes. May or may not be world-renowned. Every couple of months we take another look at a game we covered way back in the baby days of Remember the Game when I sucked even worse at this job than I do now. And I really enjoy doing these episodes because we covered some of the greatest games ever made in the first, say, 50 episodes of Remember the Game, when we were still trying to figure out what the show was going to be, and these are almost like the like remasters, if you will. So I, I like doing these episodes. And as I'm sure, as you can tell by the music and the title of the episode and everything like that, uh, this week we're taking another look at Super Mario World 2 Yoshi's Island for the Super Nintendo. I have to say, I'm a little... It makes me feel old that so many of you didn't even know that this was a Super Nintendo game. You had played, I think it was the GBA port, but I had so many people reach out and be like, I didn't even know this was a Super Nintendo game. Yes, God damn it! it launched on the Super Nintendo and it was spectacular. I love this game. I love this game. I really only have two, I have one complaint. There's two major complaints I see most of the time online. Number one, I hate that it's called Super Mario World 2. Most of you do as well, which we'll get into more on the podcast. I will say I think it was necessary to help sell copies of this game. And unlike that piece of shit Mario is missing, which bastardized Mario's name in a way I'll never 
fully given forgive Nintendo for. At least this time around, Mario's name was used to get players to play a good game. I don't know if this sells as well if it's just called Yoshi's Island. Uh, so, I don't know. Anyway, it's, it's one of the best platformers, not only on the SNES, but of all time, in my opinion. So, I, I think that's great. And I think it's a real tip of the cap to how good this game is. That the only real things I hear people complain about are the, the title. Uh, and one of the sound effects, that being Baby Mario's crying noises, which I will say, yeah, sure, they're kind of annoying, but I don't think it's even half as bad as some people make it out to be. And even if those two things bother you, the title and the sound effects, the graphics, the music, the gameplay, the bosses, the level design, all superb. And unlike most Yoshi games, this one is not laughably, boringly easy, especially if you're trying to 100% it. Fuck, I love this game. Uh, joining me via the old blank phone this week for a look back at Yoshi's Island is the Yoshi to my baby Mario, my pal, co-host on Purple Monkey Dishwasher, and pending, remember the game, Hall of Famer, there's a lot of paperwork, Mark McHugh. Uh, I replayed Yoshi's Island a few weeks ago to get ready for the show, as did Mark. I'm genuinely shocked at how well it holds up. This game is so... So fucking good. I'm really stoked to get into it, and we'll do all that in just a minute, because speaking of so fucking good, it's time for another edition of the Remember the Game infamous intro. If you're new to the podcast, welcome aboard to consider this your warning. Our intros are kind of long, but they're fun. We talk video games and stuff like that. I recommend giving them a chance. Uh, And there's no crying. Well, occasionally there is, but I'll hold it together this week. So if you do want to skip the intro, you just want Yoshi's Island Talk, go to about the 30-minute mark. But I recommend giving it a chance. We're going to talk video games and stuff. I do have to do my plugs one time. Keep the bills on. Let's do this thing. We have merchandise, all kinds of shit. Hoodies, t-shirts, mugs, posters, rocking sick art. Really fucking awesome art. We have, like, tributes to the Dreamcast over there. We've got the Console Wars shirt. we got video game mashups. We've got our Saturnian World Order shirt. There's actually some Remember the Game merchandise, too. It's awesome. All drawn by my man Joe from 4545creative.com. You can check out our merch at rememberthegamepodcast.com if you are interested. And, of course, if you don't like clothes, you can always hit us up over on Patreon. It's about the best deal in the history of the Internet. We offer four ad-free podcasts every week. Monday, Mark McHugh and I talk Purple Monkey or talk Simpsons on Purple Monkey Dishwasher Tuesday. I talk whatever the fuck I want uh, with the rambling idiot. I talk comedy, sports, video game or not video games. Man, I suck at this job. Comedy, sports, movie, TV, whatever I want. I did get into Survivor Series and the return of CM Punk over there this week. Every Friday, it's Game Patch, which I talk uh, where, I, where I cover all the modern gaming news and give you my thoughts on the biggest stories in gaming new releases etc and expansion pass drops every thursday it's a different show each week we do game rankings we look back at characters consoles there's some comedy episodes a fucking ton of modern game reviews this past week it was expansion pass 187 and i tackled a topic that people have been asking for for a while now my backlog from hell consisted of sponsored episodes and Patreon poll winners, and it's very close to empty, meaning next year I can start uh, tackling my personal backlog of games that I want to cover on Remember the Game. So that's what I talked about on Expansion Pass. I counted down 15 games that I want to cover on Remember the Game next year. And as is becoming tradition, here is a sneak peek of last week's episode of Expansion Pass, 15 games I want to cover on Remember the Game in 2024. Listen to these honorable mentions. These were games that I'm very interested in covering that couldn't crack the top 15. These are in no particular order. Road Rash. And I don't know which iteration yet. The only one I've really played is actually the Panasonic 3DO Road Rash. But at some point, I'd really like to do a Road Rash episode of the show. Spyro 3, of course. I love Spyro 1 and 2. We got to get to Spyro 3. This one might shock a few people, but Final Fantasy 13. 
I know a ton of people hate that game, but a lot of people hate Final Fantasy VIII, and I thought Final Fantasy VIII was dope. Fuck you. So I'd, I'm saying fuck you a lot lately. I think it's from playing Stick of Truth. I have that in my mind now. Uh, so I, I'd like to review Final Fantasy 13 just to see if it's as bad as everybody says it is. So that's definitely on my list. Mega Man Battle Network, I have not hidden. there. So I guess there is some Mega Man on the list. Uh, didn't make my top 15, but I've always wanted to play them. The only thing stopping me from playing Mega Man Battle Network right now is the fact that it won't go for more. Than that new collection they just released won't go cheaper than 25% off, and I don't want to pay full price because I don't know if I'm going to like them or not because I've never played them. That's now available in our archives, and this week it's Expansion Pass 188. And being the last episode of the month, our topic was up to our Patreons, and the games that changed gaming ran away with the poll, which should be a good time because I can think of a few right off the top of my head. And the thing about that is I don't think a game has to be an all-time great to be all-time influential. And we're going to show some of those games some love on Expansion Pass tomorrow. So, again, subscriptions start at $3 a month to get new shows every week. Instant access to hun literally hundreds of ad-free archive bonus podcasts downloaded right onto your phone. You actually can put the entire Patreon catalog on Spotify now, which is so much easier than listening to it on Patreon. Uh, not only that, but you also get access to the Remember the Game Discord. You get the chance to vote in our Patreon polls every month. You get the ability to submit comments on all of our shows. You can DM with me. And you even get a shout-out and get to hear me mispronounce your name like i'm about to do to most of these people a huge thank you to our newest patreons huge ass i like that kevin kixildwin kixildwin i sorry kevin i'm sure i ruined that crazy kyle j leon yaxley adam's new personal assistant you poor bastard melvin murray maxim jaff evan william chamberlain phenomenon that's clever and Catlin tuck I think I, got, I think actually I did most of those pretty decent. Thank you all so much for the support and welcome to Remember the Game Industries. You can check that out at patreon.com slash remember the game. Don't forget, 5% of our Patreon income gets donated to charity and we offer annual subs that'll save you your 12th months or your 12th month's fees. And finally, check me out over on Twitch if you want to, twitch.tv slash remember the game. I'm over there playing Super Mario RPG Remake right now. I get on there two or three days a week. Just it's free. Just come by and say hi. It's good times. All right. That's enough blowing myself. Let's blow some of you by blowing in some cartridges. It is our opening segment here on the show. I read a few comments and questions from our Patreons, usually gaming related, but not always. And we call this segment blowing in the cartridge. He blows. All right. He blows big time. That's it, honey. Get into the spirit. <laughs> Let's blow in our first blower this week is the goat master who has asked this the question that I have been asked very many, many times. Over the last couple of weeks. Adam, how do you feel about the Super Mario RPG remake? Personally, I'm loving it. Uh, I am quite enjoying it as well, Goatmaster. I've been playing the entire game on Twitch. My plan is to upload the entire playthrough to YouTube at some point when it's done. I've played the original Super Mario RPG like three trillion times. There's two episodes of it about it in our Remember the Game archives. It's one of my favorite games ever, and I'm really enjoying it. I The only complaint I have is I wish they'd included like a hard mode. Because it is just, it made, it took an already easy game and made it even easier. But I knew what it was going in. I'm, I'm loving it. I'm liking the changes they made. The graphics are awesome. Plays great. Um, I'll do a full review of it on Expansion Pass probably in early December once I'm done it. But it's fucking, it's dope. It's, it's really good. If you're a classic Super Mario RPG fan, I highly recommend it. And I mean, you can wait for a sale if you want, but it's Nintendo. I bet you the best you're going to get is 30% off, and it's probably going to take six months to get there because it's, you know, it's Nintendo. But it's a great game. It, and if you've never played either version of Mario RPG, 
and you like RPGs, just know it's not like the deepest RPG of all time, pick it up because it's fucking awesome. I'm really enjoying it as well. Uh, the Big Deal said, with as much admiration as you have for Yoshi's Island, why don't you show as much love to the other games in the Yoshi series? I personally want to go back I, I personally want to go back if Yoshi 64 a try after enjoying Wooly and Crafted World, but what about you? Is it the lack of baby Mario that ruins the experience for you? Uh, yes, it is. Uh, no, the, uh, the only other Yoshi game that I think I've played is Yoshi's Crafted World on the Switch, and I thought it was uh, gorgeous to look at and very clever, but it was it was obnoxiously easy and i'm i understand the target demographic like i'm not i don't even think it's a criticism to talk about how easy it is because i get that that's the the market that they're they're aiming it toward it has to be easy i get that but it kind of puts it out of my off my radar like i'm i i, I got so bored playing yoshi's crafted world that i was like i can't even do this this is just, like I could sleepwalk through this game. I can't fucking do this. Uh, I would like to go back and give Yoshi 64 a shot. Mark talked about that on this episode a little bit, but that's really all it's been. I'm not the world's biggest Yoshi fan, and uh, I just haven't seen another one that people said difficulty-wise stacked up to Yoshi's Island, and that's what I want more of. So it's just, I don't know. I I'll get my platforming fixed somewhere else. I don't need to play fucking super easy games with a dinosaur that I don't like. Fuck you, Yoshi. Uh, I don't hate Yoshi. For the record, I don't hate him. I just like to give him a hard time. So that, that, but that's why, that's why, uh, advanced ATST said, uh, I would like your thoughts on the rewind feature showing up in retro games these days. It has become a hot topic in my house. I say it should never be used where my son says it should be allowed. If you've beaten the game before, what say you, uh, I will say that like, I, I don't care. If you use, like, if you don't know, I, I imagine you all know, but like when you're playing like Nintendo online, for example, every game you're playing on there, you can hold down the triggers and rewind like 20 or 30 seconds. And lots of games are like that now. Um, I, I do think they make some incredibly difficult retro games, especially NES games, more accessible, not only to new gamers, but even to some of us. Like there are some old school games that are, they're doable with that rewind feature. That said, I, I personally try not to use it with, the one exception being, uh, like, I'm playing Pokemon trading card game right now, and on more than one occasion, I've accidentally, like, I've been mashing A to, like, get through text. I guess I just let the cat out of the bag. Pokemon trading card game is probably going to be next week's episode. So, there you go. I hope you're all excited for that. But uh, I'll be, like, mashing A to get through dialogue, and I'll accidentally play a card or something and be like, fuck, that's not what I meant to do. Then I'll rewind it. But... Like, I've watched people, DSP, looking at you, you useless piece of shit on YouTube, that, like, would play, like, Mega Man, and it's just rewind, 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 rewind. Every jump he misses, rewind, rewind, rewind. That bothers me. If you watch my Castlevania playthrough on YouTube, I beat the OG Castlevania without using it, uh, and I wanted to so bad, because that game is fucking tough. So I, I don't care if you use it, or you being whoever's listening to this, but I, I personally prefer not to, unless it's just to, like, save me time making up from a stupid mistake because like if i fuck up playing a card i could just like reload my file and start again but i'm like fuck it's all gonna be i just all it was was i accidentally clicked the wrong menu so i'm fine with it like that i do think if you're spamming it over and over to get through every jump and everything it kind of puts a layer of fromage on it that i don't particularly care for but you do you do you i don't really care what people do hella maney said, uh, hey, Adam, with CM Punk returning to WWE, I wanted to sneak a wrestling question in. Whose wrestling theme song do you think is best? I personally feel like Kane had the best-fitting theme song, even if it wasn't the best. Kane did have good music. Especially the, like, was it Finger Eleven that did his later theme? That was fucking pretty tight. Um, true story, I you know, I, I went from loving Triple H to hating Triple H to now I like Triple H again. 
And I genuinely feel the game by Motorhead is the greatest entrance theme of all time. I, I like that song fucking makes the hair on your back stand up. That song is sick. And you feel like someone's about to get fucked up. So I'm a big, big fan of that theme. Uh, I also really actually, as much as I despise Hulk Hogan, Real Americans is a pretty dope theme. It is. I hate that guy. But that's a pretty good theme. I love the... Um, man, I love I love lots. Of, I love wrestling. My phone is full of fucking... Full of wrestling music. Th- those would... I'm going to... You know what? Because I could just keep going. I'm going to say just Triple H's uh, The Game by Motorhead is, is the best. Greatest of all time. Fucking love that song. Uh, Captain Steve N said, uh, Hi, Adam. Are you going to make another Festivus episode of Expansion Pass for the holidays? Yes. Uh, we have done, like, we've dropped stuff like Gamer Confessions and Hot Takes because we just do them so often, and I feel the the shark has kind of been jumped. But the airing, the annual airing of Gaming Grievances has become a tradition around here at Remember the Game, and we'll be keeping it alive. It'll probably be Thursday, December 21st. It'll be the annual airing of Gaming Grievances because I got a lot of problems with you people, and now you're going to hear about it. Uh, I, I rarely read questions about patreon on this show i'm not trying to sneak extra plugs in but there was a lot of them this week and i want to just bomb through a few so yes we're doing festivus Spurgeocalypse said uh hey mate i was wondering if you ever thought about doing a black friday sale like cheap annual subs or discount off merch or is patreon a pay to do a pain to do those sorts of discounts patreon is a pain to do fucking everything with uh god that fucking site that's why i recommend like if you're a patreon and you didn't know look it up it's very easy to find you can take your episodes and listen to them on just about any podcast service you want listen there instead of patreon it's so much easier it's very easy to set up that it's done and you can just listen over there uh i i can't do cheap annual subs that is a real pain to like change it and change it back and stuff like that's that's not you know plus pete yeah that's not really gonna happen the discounted merch we do run a sale every summer and we did look at doing one this year, but like for anyone that doesn't know, I use Teespring for my merch because I live in Canada. If I try to ship, it costs me $20 to ship a lanyard from Canada to the United States. So like if I was trying to ship a hoodie or a t-shirt or hat or something, you're going to be paying like $80, $90 to get this shit. And nobody wants to pay that, right? So I use Teespring who are in the US and they print shit to order. So if you go on Teespring and buy a Remember the Game t-shirt for, I don't know, I'm just 25 bucks. Uh, they print it, they take a, a, a cut for profit, and then I get whatever's left. And I can price the shirts at whatever I want, and they tell me what I make. But we make very little. Like, to be honest, if you buy a t-shirt off Teespring, I think we get about $4. And then we split that. Me and my artist split everything 50-50. So if I run a sale, like we're end up, we usually make about $0.75 cents each on the t-shirts so we didn't do that this year we did look at it but like it's just there's just so little margins in them as it is i really only launched the merch to try to make myself look like a credible podcast i'm grateful to those of you that wear it and i truly think we've got some fucking awesome merch but uh there's just there's like no money in it no fucking money in it i think if i lived in the states it might be a little bit different because i could do it myself but being here in the frozen wasteland of canada with our worthless dollar i'm sorry so that answers your question, I hope. And works for me said, Adam, quick question. Is there a way to gift a Patreon sub to friends? Which I have been asked a lot, especially going into Christmas. I don't quote me on this, but I believe you can if you use uh, their email address. So you would sign up and then you would just sign up with their email address. Uh, gifting a Patreon. And I, I'm sorry, everybody. I You know me, right? For those of you that have listened to this for 275 episodes, I never do this kind of stuff but uh i just people have been asking a lot and i finally decided you know what i'm going to answer some questions about this so 
There isn't currently a way to gift patronage or give access to certain individuals without payment or for free. Um, oh, but that's for me. So I'm, I'm pretty confident that you could like enter somebody else's email and, and sign them up for one. I I'm, I'm almost positive, but other than that, no, cause it's Patreon. Your best bet might just be if you have a friend that wants a Patreon sub, just give them like the $20 or give them the $3 or whatever and be like, go sign up and I covered it for you. That might be the easiest way. Cause again, Patreon makes everything tough. Okay. So thank you for indulging me. I get asked those questions a lot and I've been putting them off and putting them off. And I was like, I'm going to answer them. Now it's done. I did my extra plugs. I'm a greasy businessman. I'm sorry. Let's move on. Before we do, of course, it's letter time. It's letter time. DJK wrote in and said, Good day, Adam. Do you believe that Microsoft has dropped the ball with backwards compatibility? A part of the sale of the Series X was being able to play previous-gen titles. However, as of now, there's only 55 original titles available on their game store, a decent proportion of them Star Wars titles, with as far as I can tell, nothing released in the last two years. Do you believe this is due to either a narrowed focus on the Activision Blizzard purchase, a changing in the marketing strategy more in line with PlayStations regarding backwards compatibility, or something's different entirely? Love to know your view cheers for all the great weekly content thank you djk um i don't know if i think xbox has dropped the ball with backwards compatibility i think they're doing a decent job uh it, you are right if you're talking original xbox 55 games are available on the xbox marketplace 59 original xbox discs will play on your xbox series x i i do think that's a feather in their cap you can't use old nintendo cartridges on the switch and outside of the ps4 you can't use old playstation discs on the ps5 you can use almost 60 original Xbox games on your Xbox Series X, and you can use 654 Xbox 360 discs on your Xbox Series X. So I, I do think that maybe they kind of have just let go of the original Xbox. Although I will say, I think most of the games people want from the original Xbox are available on there outside of sports titles, which are just never going to be. But 654 Xbox 360 games is nothing to sneeze at. Um... That said, you're right. They're not really adding much else to it. And I do find that a little bit disappointing because I I genuinely feel like the, the one thing that Xbox arguably does better than PlayStation and Nintendo is embrace backwards compatibility, right? Like I know PlayStation has been adding a lot of games to PS Plus, but you still can't download PS3 games. They're hardly giving us PS1 games and you can't use your old discs. And Nintendo, it's been nice that they've rolled out a lot of the old NES and SNES and 64 and Game Boy and Game Boy Advance games. I actually think they've done a decent job with it. There's still some titles missing, but I think the, the value for the dollar is there. But Xbox is the only system that's like, hey, you can use a bunch of your old games that you've been collecting for the last 20 years on your modern console. And, and I, I really like that. But they have kind of just taken their foot off the gas. And I, I would like to think they're taking their foot off the gas to make more modern titles. But they're really not doing a great job of releasing modern games. So I don't know if I would say they dropped the ball. But I do think they've kind of just let set the ball down and been like, that's good enough. Let's focus on new. Which, again, I'm all for. If I have to choose between a company focusing on making their old games playable again or making new games, I want new games. It's just Xbox needs to finally start making some fucking new games. Starfield was great. Hi-Fi Rush was awesome. But, like, we you need more than that. You're buying, you own every fucking studio under the sun at this point. We need some more games. So... I think it's good, and keep in mind that a lot of them are included with Game Pass. I, I, I honestly think all three companies are doing a decent job of it. Not great, but good. Uh, I do think Xbox is still out in front just because their old games are playable. 
But I would like to see more as well. I wish my copy of Tiger Woods 12, the Masters, was playable. It's never going to happen due to licensing and all that shit. So uh, thank you, DJK. Thank you to everybody that wrote in. We got to keep the ball uh, rolling here. Speaking of dropping a ball. So let's switch things up and get into our Smash It segment, the official game show of Remember the Game Industries. It is Play One, Remake One, Erase One. And a huge thank you to Classic Concentration from the NES for unknowingly providing us with the theme music for the show. The rules are simple. Every week I give our patrons three retro video games. They can play one as it was released, remake one as a modern game, and the third is a race from time forever. And as always, there are no wrong answers, but there is a right one. We'll get to that in just a minute. This week we're talking one of the SNES's best games in Yoshi's Island. So I went with three more of their absolute best games of all time. Super Mario World, Donkey Kong Country, and Super Metroid. I know, it's tough to erase any of them. 35% said play Mario World, remake Donkey Kong Country, erase Super Metroid. And I think erasing any of these is blasphemy, but a lot of you played by the rules this week, and I appreciate that. So let's see what a few of you had to say here, then I'll tell you what the right answer was. Excuse me. Joe Evans said, this poll is tough. All three games are a huge part of my childhood. I'll play Donkey Kong Country, because I think it holds up very well, even if it does feel cheap at times. I'd remake Super Mario World to make it look like Mario Wonder. The game is perfect otherwise. And lastly, I'd erase Super Metroid. Even though it's a pillar of the Metroidvania genre, it's my least favorite and played of the three games. And a lot of people erase Metroid for that reason. I definitely think Super Mario World, the Donkey Kong Country, got played more than Super Metroid. Um, I agree with everything you just said. Minus, I don't know if I feel Donkey Kong Country feels cheap at times. I love that game. But I, I, don't, I really don't have a problem with anyone erasing any of these because I know how hard it is to have to erase one of them. Uh, Rob Serino said, you, sir, are, a sadist are sadistic. This is torture. I did not know you were so heartless. I'll play Super Metroid because it's damn near perfect. I'd remake Super Mario World because, well, that's almost perfect as well. I'd love to see what they could do with that on next gen. Please call the next system the Super Switch. It's going to be like the Switch V or some shit. Uh, lastly, I'll erase Donkey Kong Country because we have Donkey Kong Country 2, which is arguably better. And I agree with that point. You're going to hear my logic in a minute. I agree with that point to the word, Rob Serino. Maverick said, this one sucks. Play Super Mario World, remake Super Metroid, erase Donkey Kong Country. Super Mario World and Donkey Kong Country both play great even to this day. And at first I thought I'd want to see Super Mario World with wondrous graphics, but I don't think it would make that huge of a difference considering World already looks great. I'd rather see Super Metroid with Dreads graphics. Also, I hate to erase Donkey Kong Country, but I don't need two platformers and there's no way Mario is getting scrapped over Kong. I also agree with your logic of putting uh, Super Metroid into Super or Metroid Dread's graphics. You're going to hear me from that in a minute as well. I think, oh, God, Metroid Dread is so fucking... If you have not played Metroid Dread on the Switch, that's your slap through the mic. Play that game. It is spectacular. I think it's the best Metroid ever. I fucking love that game. Kevin Kixldwin, whose name I can't say, said, What a hard first play one, remake one, erase one. I'll play Donkey Kong Country because I don't think I ever fully finished it. I'll remake Super Metroid because it's one of my favorite games of all time. And unfortunately, I'll erase Super Mario World. Please forgive me. I love Mario, but I love Samus more, and I'd like to finish Donkey Kong Country. No, no qualm with that logic at all. Finish Donkey Kong Country. Finish it, goddammit. Just get to the factory. Factory levels are the best levels in the game. Finish Donkey Kong Country. And Adam's new personal assistant said, play Super Mario World as it's perfect, whether it's your first time or your hundredth time. Remake Donkey Kong Country as I haven't played it, but I was very intrigued by it when I was watching a history of Donkey Kong Country game video and how impactful this game has been on the gaming community. And a remake would revitalize old fans and potentially bring in new ones like me. 
Erase Super Metroid. I have no interest with the Metroid series. Only when the reveal of Samus. And I have no future plans on playing any Metroid games. Sorry, Samus. As much as I love you, the rules are the rules. And that's... I, I First of all, for the love of fuck, play Donkey Kong Country. Jesus Christ. You're fired as my assistant until you play it. But I do think Metroid's a bit of a niche title, so I understand that. Uh, I'm going with the runner-up option this week. 33%. As did Man of War. Who said, man, what a tough one, but an easy all the same. I'll play Super Mario World because it still holds up to this day. I'll remake Super Metroid because that game with the Dread Engine would be insane. And I'll erase Donkey Kong Country because although it's great, the other two have a special place in my heart. It's the same order I'd go in. I'd play Super Mario World. And I usually when it pops up in this game, I erase it because I've played it so many times. But I have other plans this time around. I'm going to remake Super Metroid in that Metroid Dread Art style because that would be fucking incredible. And I'm going to erase Donkey Kong Country because while I absolutely adore that game, Donkey Kong Country 2 is better. And if you want to argue, well, Donkey Kong Country 2 exi wouldn't exist without Donkey Kong Country 1, it's part of the rules. There is no definitive rule as to what happens when you erase a game. You're taking your chances. I'll take my chances because Donkey Kong Country 2 is better. So thank you. Everyone that wrote in to play along, as always. Uh, let's take a break here. We'll get a quick word in from a sponsor. Then I'll tell you what I've been playing, and we'll fire up some Yoshi's Island. Okay, we'll be right back after this. If you're hearing this, you're probably a gamer. And for our kind, nothing is as precious and valuable as our save files. Have you ever experienced the loss of a save file? It's soul-crushing. Dozens, maybe hundreds of hours of work. Gone, like that. But at the end of the day, it's a video game. It matters, but... Kinda, you know? That exact scenario, but with a work project, an essay for school, data for your business, that's no joke. That can be really serious. You need a safety net. And I got you, fam, with my partners over at CrashPlan. Visit CrashPlan.com slash RTG for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. CrashPlan has been protecting people's data since 2001. And a couple years ago, they set out on their own with one mission, to provide the best damn cloud backup solution on the market. CrashPlan runs quietly in the background of your computer or Mac and every 15 minutes on the clock they create a new backup of every file that's changed in that time. So if something goes wrong, God forbid, you don't lose hours, lose days, lose weeks of work. Just log into your account and you can download your most recent backup from the secure cloud servers. And there's not just one backup. There's a laundry list of them. You can pick and choose which one you want. It's like the ultimate undo button. If if you work on a computer in any capacity, CrashPlan is a must-have. And if you're thinking, ah, that's for big businesses, I'm just Joe Schmo. CrashPlan protects Joe Schmo. They offer a ton of plans and tiers. So there's a crash plan for everyone from small one-person businesses like me to you fancy businesses in offices with staff and free donuts and all that stuff. Time is money. Why wouldn't you protect your work? Spreadsheets, diagrams, videos, art, podcasts. CrashPlan has you covered. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash RTG for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash RTG for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. All right, what have I been playing over the last seven days? Uh, like I said a minute ago, the cat is out of the bag. I've been playing Pokemon, the trading card game on my Nintendo Switch Online for the Game Boy Color. I'd never played it before, be it the video game version or the tabletop version. It took me a little while to understand it, but I am, I am, I, for all of you Pokemon fans, do not worry. It's going to be a great review. I don't know as much about it as any of you, so it's probably going to be a basic review, and some of you are going to get mad that I forgot to bring up your favorite card or something, but I fucking love this game. I have been playing it like a fiend for like a week now, and that's almost 
Animal is certainly going to be next week's episode. Pokemon trading card game. It is awesome. I've also been playing Super Mario RPG Remake. I already told you how I feel about that. It's great. I've been playing Kalisto Protocol on PS Plus. Um, I was super stoked for that game last year. I held off after the reviews. I started playing it and really liked it. And every time I play it, I like it a little bit less. Because the combat is so fucking repetitive, it's ridiculous. I just... It's so... I don't know. I, it's, I don't know if I'm going to finish it, honestly. Kalisto Protocol. And then uh, I've actually been playing EA Sports PGA Tour. I've gone back to playing some golf at night, and uh, I love that game. Fucking best golf game I've played in years. So that's it. Let's talk Yoshi's Island. That's why you're here. As always, I like to let you nerds sound off about the game we're covering before my guest and I hog the microphone. So let's see what a few of you had to say here. The Love Sauce said, This is the grandfather of Super Mario Wonder. I love that Nintendo took such a big chance and made a Mario game that was completely un-Mario. Stunning visuals, iconic music, and great platforming. 10 out of 10. Agreed. This was like the first time, unless you want to count Super Mario Brothers 2, the weird Doko Doki Doki version. This was the first time Nintendo kind of took a chance with Mario outside of the shitty Mario's Missing games and just made like a new platformer. And and I agree. Uh, I think this was, this led into like... Mario Sunshine, Mario Galaxy, Mario Wonder, some of the funky Mario games we've gotten. I think this was the catalyst for all of them. So I agree with you. I agree. John Truckasaurus said, such a great game. I remember renting it, expecting more of a direct sequel to Mario World, and I fired it up to be pleasantly surprised. I fell in love with the art style, the secrets, the collectibles. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that annoying little fucker crying, though. And some do dunk on it. I don't find the crying that bad. I'm running a poll on Twitter right now. Do you find the crying in Mario or in Yoshi's Island that bad. And right now, 34% say yes, fuck that kid. 41% say it's not that bad. 25% say fuck you line. Sounds about right. Blaine the Hoagie Man said one of the best games I've ever played on the Super Nintendo that I'd play pretty frequently. The graphics were unique and fun. I love the levels and enemies in this game. Sometimes I'd play it while listening to the Space Jam soundtrack. And what could be more 90s than that? Do the Space Jam soundtrack fucking slaps. Space Jam is such a good fucking song. Oh, my God. That is a great soundtrack. Matt Taylor. I used to play Final Fantasy VII listening to uh, Offspring's Americana. And now whenever I hear that album, I think of Final Fantasy VII. So I get that. Matt Taylor said, I'm really glad you're doing another episode on this game. One of my all-time favorites. This, along with Donkey Kong Country 2, are the peak of SNES platforming, in my opinion. I'll agree with that. Great graphics, music, controls. Probably my only criticism are the controls when Yoshi turns into a vehicle were a little bit funky. Other than that, it's perfect. Definitely my comfort food. The vehicles fucking suck. Mark and I get into that. The vehicles suck. And Dish said, I just know that I will forever have that damn squeaky noise stuck in my head from the ice stages. It's the exact same sound effect as the mouse, the mice squeaking, and it drives me up the fucking wall because I always think the mice are coming. Yes, Dish. Yes. Fuck that fucking squeaky noise in the ice levels. Oh, my God. That's a do- That's way worse than Mario crying. Fuck you. Anyways, let's talk Super Mario World 2 Yoshi's Island with my buddy Mark McHugh. I'm going to cue up some music. And when it stops, we'll go back to Yoshi's Island, which originally released on the SNES in North America on October 4th of 1995. Enjoy the podcast, everybody. Let's go. Right, so joining me via the blank phone this week to talk Super Mario World 2, 
Yoshi's Island. I fucking hate that Super Mario World 2 tagline. We'll get into that. Uh, he's a good friend of mine. You probably all know him from his, uh, or you may remember him from such podcasts as Purple Monkey Dishwasher and the Majora's Mask episode that I refuse to acknowledge or ever talk about. Or listen, I've never listened to that episode. People reference shit you guys said in that episode. I'm like, I don't even know what they said. I never listened. I trust them. You were in the room. We that. recorded it. Yeah, I, well, but I could only hear your half of the conversation. <laughs> so I assumed whenever you weren't talking, Bradley was. But maybe you were just staring at the... Maybe it's like you were just staring at drywall, and it's just Mark McHugh talking to himself. <laughs> uh, it is, in fact, my good friend Mark McHugh making a, a rare Remember the Game uh, appearance, crossing I the lines. I think that we missed a part of my title here, Adam. I, I, just, I don't believe we did. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> Mark, current Hall of Famer McHugh. Mark Pending Hall of Famer, <laughs> McHugh. We still have to, if you don't know, Mark did get back into the Hall of Fame during my 24-hour stream in uh, in, Oct- in November, earlier this month, I guess, because we're still in November, uh, by beating Super Mario World uh, with everyone watching him. And I did tell him we'd let him in, but there's a lot of paperwork. All right, Molly, I'm, don't, I don't make the rules. Molly's a stickler. Molly's got books and paperwork and forms that can be filled out in triplicate. We still need you to send us a copy of your driver's license and pee in a cup. Um, <laughs> but we will eventually get you back into the Hall of Fame. I don't know what sure. I don't know what the pee in the cup's going to do. Am I? Was I on uh, performance enhancing drugs when I beat that level of Super Mario World? I don't. And if, if I was, would it really make it much of a difference? If we're putting our cards on the table, I think Molly just wants to sniff it. <laughs> but, but i don't know uh if you happen to be a new listener molly is my dog it's not like my wife or something that's my dog so uh well just because like if someone doesn't know they're like the fuck what the fuck is this someone that likes to smell pee i, I well, do but it's, it's and pee. guaranteed any given episode of this show is the first episode that somebody is listening to i know and and truth be told, when I think that ratchets up the pressure every week, then I'm like, this well, be there's the first somebody one. that just is now completely lost. Like, why is he talking about being in the Hall of Fame? Why yeah. is his wife sniffing pee? It's... Yeah, no, it's uh, if if you're this is your first ever episode and you're not sure about any of this, I can assure you it doesn't get much better. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it doesn't get much better. But... What the show is not going to lie. Yeah, absolutely, but. We do talk about the games that we covered, that we said we're going to cover at some point, and it is time to talk about it. This is one of our revisited episodes. We originally covered Super Mario World Two. Fuck, I hate saying. It. I'm not going to say that anymore. Yoshi's Island. It's not Island. Super Mario World Two, and we need to. No, we, they can't. It's not. They it's should never. We should have never let them get away. Get away with calling this Super Mario World Two. Yoshi's no. Island, perfectly good title for this game. The only reason that the the Super Mario World Two things I let it slide is because I like this game so much. So it's I'm like, all right, it's, it's good enough to live up to the name too, of Mario. Yeah, but it still burns my ass. We originally covered this game back, fuck, I don't know, give or take, probably about episode 30. And uh, once every couple of months, we revisited a game from the early days because I thought those, it wasn't that my guests sucked. I'm not dugging on any of my guests or anything. I just, we didn't know what we were doing back then. I would argue think we don't the know show what would last this long. I, no, no fucking idea. And I would argue we still don't really know what we're doing, but I think it's better. So I want to revisit some of these episodes and give them a second chance. So we're talking Yoshi's Island. And right out of the gate, I do want to address that Super Mario World 2 tag. Like you, we all agree. The only reason that it says Super Mario World 2 in small letters on the box is because that helps the sales, right? Uh, like, yeah, that's it. There's no other reason because it's got nothing to do with the original Super Mario World outside of the fact that Yoshi is in it again. 
But I think if they had just released it as Yoshi's Island, keep in mind, dude, at this point we had Yoshi's Cookie, which was like a weird Tetris game. We had Yoshi's Safari, which was a shitty Super Scope 6 game. Like they, we had Yoshi, the, the, the puzzle game that I actually quite like. Uh, I think maybe they were worried if they put Yoshi's Island without Super Mario World 2 on the cover that people would have assumed it was like another weird spin-off puzzle game or something and it wouldn't have done as well as it did. That's my I, guess. Oh, and I just want to throw it out there. They were not helping themselves with the marketing of this game. Um, when I was young, I wanted this game and my parents would not buy it for me simply because of the commercial that played on TV advertising this game. Are you familiar with this commercial, oh, yeah. Adam? I, I got this game for my birthday the year it came out, and the reason I asked for it so much was because of that commercial. That was a disgusting commercial, and it's why I didn't play it until I was an adult. The and We're talking about the one where the guy is just like eating and eating and eating. eating so much that he explodes, and then there's yeah. just gross stuff all over the room after he explodes. It's... Nintendo. Nintendo was in that phase back then. This was the like play it loud phase. Remember? I think and, like, they were trying to compete with Sega in edginess. 100%. But this is Yoshi's Island. I don't know what, what were they thinking? I, I don't know. Cause I agree with you. They were trying to be like, cause at this point for you, for our younger listeners that went around in the mid nineties, like at this point, Sega was like the cool kid and Nintendo was, Nintendo and they made great games, but they didn't have that cool image. And they were kind of getting into this like gross out phase and play it loud. Remember they had all the Game Boy colors with the funky ads with like the yeah. tongues and all that kind of stuff. First and they give it a title that's not anything re- that is not related to the game. Then they give it a commercial that nobody could possibly like. It's <laughs> on the cover of all of the make one of the most popular video games of all time. What were you thinking? <laughs> Shout out to anyone that gets that reference. <laughs> that's a great pull. Well done. Um, now that said, listen, I would have loved an actual Super Mario World 2. Super Mario World is my favorite game of all time. I would have yeah, loved a sequel. A Super Mario, and I get. Oh, and this year I would argue we kind of got our Super Mario World too. It was as close as we're ever going to get. I think, I think with so. Mario Wonder, hundred percent. That said, the reason I let this game slide, and I know I'm opening an old wound here because Mark is the reason Mario is missing has become such a meme around here. But like, I look at a Mario is missing, and I'm like, you're not worthy of having the Mario name on the box of your fucking game. I played this and I'm like, sure, it's not really Super Mario World 2, but I I, I don't know if this is even a hot take. I don't know if you consider this a hot take or not. I think that this game, whether you want to call it Mario World 2 or Yoshi's Island or whatever the fuck, stacks up against literally any platformer on the Super Nintendo, which are some of the greatest platformers ever made. I wouldn't argue with that. Like, like in some ways, like I can't believe I'm even saying these. In some ways, this is a better game than Super Mario World. It's, I, mean, I don't like it quite as much, but in some ways that, it's better. That's not, that is just not so. I, I disagree. Like, I mean, I think it looks 10 times better than Super Mario World. I think the, the, the music is spectacular. It's more challenging than Super Mario World. It's, it's a lot that, more challenging than Super Mario World. Yeah. Like, there are aspects of this game that I like better. So, um, but I don't know. Where do we start? Let's just start. You know what? I just mentioned how good it looks. Let's just start there. Is this... I'm kind of putting you on the spot. If you don't have an answer loaded up, it's okay. Is this the best looking game on the Super Nintendo? Mm, might be. It super the Super Nintendo in general still looks pretty good. It does, I think, because it was the best 2D 
it was the best 2D console. And of course, it was followed by the very first 3D consoles. Oh, um, so you look at that, those early 3D consoles, and they don't hold up as well as the, the Super Nintendo because the Super Nintendo or the Sega knew what they were and knew totally. and were able to pro- provide the best presentation for what they were. Um, but- I think, and keep in mind that this game came out just at the very end of the Super Nintendo's life. Yes. So they yeah. had time to tweak that. So maybe this is Super Nintendo in general, I think looks fantastic. Uh, and this is a really good looking game. Yeah, I've always said, like I was a Super Nintendo kid growing up, but I've always said, I think the Genesis, I've always been jealous. I'm not a graphics guy most of the time, but I've always just by and large thought the Genesis to look better than Super Nintendo. Like I love the way Sonic games look, Gunstar Heroes, Streets of Rage. Like there are some games on the Genesis that just fucking pop. And I think that Yoshi's Island goes toe to toe, if not exceeds those games. Like I think the, in my opinion, I know some have said they don't feel that they've, they've aged well. I disagree. In my opinion, the only games on the Super Nintendo graphically that stand up to Yoshi's Island are the Donkey Kong country games. Donkey Kong country games are pretty good. Um, They look brilliant. Like, this game, dude, I was just playing this on a stream a couple hours ago, and someone in my chat was like, this is such a treat to look at. And it's like, this, it is this, like, Super Mario World's a great-looking game, but this game looks like a Saturday morning cartoon. Like, it is so bright. it, It really does. And, like, and the backgrounds in this game are so... Like they're they're I love how like they look like they're so far away, but they look so bright and beautiful and colorful. And sometimes it feels like there's depth to the ground you're walking on, even though there's not, because it's a 2D side scroller. And I love the way everything has they, that they, like they cheat really... it a little bit. They cheat it. They sometimes tilt the platform a little bit. Yeah, so it but it works. Looks like you're in a three-dimensional space when you're totally still does. going back and forth. Yeah. I love um I love how everything's got like that really thick black outline around it. Like it looks like a like a it almost looks like a coloring book in a way. And I think that's probably what they were going for. Oh yeah, hundred percent they were. Um and I and just always been a big strength of Nintendo. Um they've never had the stro- like the most powerful consoles, so they've always <laughs> oh. had the most color colorful games. Yeah, and this game is just like I, I was really I haven't played this game in some time. I played this game like a motherfucker as a kid. We'll get into that. But like replaying it now, I haven't played it in a few years. And I was like, God damn, what a beautiful video game. And it's like, like some of the levels, it's like it's sunset and you have that like nice orange glow in the background. And some levels it's like the middle of the day. And sometimes it's nighttime. And there's that sometimes one really you're up cool in like the Van Gogh the snow, level, the witch level. There's a Van Gogh level. Yeah. Where the like, backdrop is the is very clearly supposed to be Van Gogh's Starry Night. I love it. Like it's just it's just. And then I know this is a minor thing. I want to know what you think about this. I I like Yoshi is not my favorite character. I love that they have the different colored Yoshis in every level. I Instead do too. of just playing green Yoshi, I do too. Um, and I really like Yoshi's solo outing games. Now I'll ask you because the only other one I've played is um, Crafted World on the on the Switch, which was like beautiful to look at and charming as fuck. But it was oh, almost you never played Yoshi's Island or a uh, Yoshi Story. <laughs> I was like, we're covering it. No, I have uh, not. Like, no, really? Okay. Well, 
it's Austin a 64 i i fucking i was never a 64 guy the one thing that i will say is this game does kind of put into context how limited yoshi's story was um you'd think that yoshi's story they would have put more work into it they would have had a bigger story a better presentation uh they just don't it's a game yeah. you can get through in i don't know 45 minutes maybe that's ridiculous so it's not like super mario 64 was to super mario world no it's a much no. much smaller game than this one and uh, that... there are alternate paths you can take but every time you play it it's still going to be relatively short that's one of the things that like as we kind of move into the gameplay a little bit we've we've mentioned this game looks great uh just quickly too i love the map the the world screen i wish it was more of a map you could just move around but i like that it's like the six folders and then each one's got the eight i, I really like the map in this i just think it looks nice um what was i gonna say oh yeah why why did they make this game have so much edge and bite to it difficulty wise i'm not saying this is like dark souls but this game, this game, this game is, in my opinion, substantially harder than Super Mario World is. It's um, way harder than Super Mario World is. Yeah. I, why? Why? I never beat this game before until yesterday. Why uh, did they do that with this? And then every Yoshi game after, like, I understand again. I understand that your your clientele, they're like little kids, like Yoshi. I like, I get that. But like, does it not just seem odd that this very first Yoshi game was like? harder than mario and then they were like all right well we'll never do sure everybody loves it and this is like almost universally considered the best yoshi game but let's never make another one that's even remotely challenging again and that was what like, surprised why? me so much about playing this is because when you asked me hey do you want to play yoshi's island for the podcast i was kind of like oh i can get through that in an afternoon probably yeah, let's do it and then <laughs> cut no, to me not. last night screaming at my tv my girlfriend was like, are you yelling at me? I was like, no, I swear to God, I'm yelling at the TV. <laughs> <laughs> and like, and the thing about it is like, if you don't go for the 100%, uh, it still has some bite. If you ratchet this thing up and try to 100% every level, which we'll get to in a little bit, like I, I've never 100%ed this game. I think with the maybe the, I can't remember if I've 100%ed Mario Sunshine. And outside of Sunshine, this is the only quote unquote Mario game that I have never 100%ed. It is fucking tough, man. Like, and those bonus levels? Because if you 100% all eight world levels in a world, you get access to a ninth bonus world uh, level, excuse me, level in the world. Those bonus levels are fucking straight out. Though they're, they are spawns of Satan. Like, they are hell. They are fucking hard. Uh, I think, and it really shows how Mario games kind of evolved in their approach to difficulty. And I kind of like what they are doing now whereas most of the game most mario games are fairly easy pretty easy to get through but there mm -hmm. are always optional bonus levels that are very difficult yeah. to give to yeah. fans that want a bit more of a challenge and i really like that approach to difficulty that came later yeah agreed uh i i like that as well i it just really bothers me that they didn't make it I'm not saying make Yoshi games hard for like little kids, but like, why not put a hard mode in? Like, I don't buy Yoshi games anymore. And I'm like, dude, if they were like this, I'd buy every, I'd be as excited for Yoshi games as I get for a new Mario game. If you just make them. And again, before anybody writes in and they're like, oh, these guys think Yoshi's Island is hard. Fucking pussies get good. Derp, derp, derp. Like the fucking kids day to day. 
We're not. I'm not saying this game is like the hardest fucking game of all time. So derpa derpa derpa, fuck yourself. It's just, it's just, it's a lot more bite than any other Yoshi game. Like this has got. I think this is harder than a lot of Mario games. It's kind of on par with a Donkey Kong game as ter- in terms of difficulty. Yeah, uh, yeah, I would, I would go with that. I, I think I'd argue Donkey Kong is like a little bit harder, but only the, to me the thing that makes this one a little easier is the items that you can stock. Uh, they can make a bit, which we'll get to again too. Does they make a big difference? Um, so okay, I guess we should actually get into how the game plays. I don't think we've talked about that. We should actually talk. Okay. Like, so if you've never actually played this game, uh, I, I'm sure someone's gonna write in and explain it to me, but like. I don't know where this actually falls in like the timeline of Mario. I assume it's like a prequel to Super Mario World. I don't think they were thinking that far ahead because I don't now either. when you play because now when you play Mario Kart, baby Yoshi and baby Luigi are characters you can play as. So Yeah, or baby Mario and baby Luigi. Is, yeah. Maybe yeah. this is a, you know, younger versions of Mario and Luigi that exist alongside. Maybe this is them as babies. I, 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 it doesn't really explain. And, I, you know, I'm not losing any sleep over it. I, no, me neither. I don't particularly care. I will say, and you kind of, you said it and kind of got me thinking about it. I will say the biggest knock for me on, about this game is that it did introduce baby Mario and baby Luigi. and. It's funny because so many people rag on Mario and the crying sound effect in this game. I don't really mind it in this game. I just hate that he's in like Mario Kart and stuff. Like I hate baby Mario. I fucking hate him. Every time I see him on the track, I will lose. I will lose a Mario Kart race on purpose. If it means I can fuck up baby Mario. I like this game a lot. I hate baby Mario. And I kind of don't like this idea where every time you get hit, baby Mario will fly somewhere out of reach and you have to get him before Bowser's goons come and take him. That I find very annoying. See, I didn't see, and that's interesting because I didn't mind that. So if you've never played it, just quickly to set the table, you're basically baby Mario and Luigi are being carried by a stork, and uh Kamek shows up and kidnaps baby Luigi, but baby Mario falls on Yoshi's Island, and the Yoshis find him, and then they set off with him to find his 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 little brother. So then you're playing through it's it's eight or no it's six worlds with eight levels each, not counting the bonus worlds, which is what forty eight. Yes, I'm like I, I consider myself pretty good at math, and I'm like, did I just fuck that up? Yes, forty eight levels, and basically you're like Yoshi, unless you fall off of a, a cliff like down a hole or you touch like lava or spikes or something that's a one hit death. Yoshi has infinite health. Like when enemies touch him, he'll just get bumped back or he'll spin around and fall down, and then he'll get back up. But when an enemy touches you, the baby Mario that's on your back gets trapped in a bubble and starts floating away, and you have a timer that defaults to 10 seconds. And if you if it falls below 10 seconds and you get Mario back, it'll slowly count back up to 10 seconds and stop. And then you can actually pick up uh, power-ups throughout the game that'll up it to as far as 30 seconds. And as he's floating away, he's screaming, and it's like the infamous sound effect that so many people hate, which I want to talk to you about in two seconds. <laughs> yeah. And you basically have to catch him. You either physically touch him or you hit him with your tongue because Yoshi's got his tongue. Um, and then it'll pop the bubble and put baby Mario back on your back. And then you just basically have to beat all these levels without Mario getting caught. So the timer hits zero. Like you said, uh, Bowser's... I, what are they? They're like... I don't know what they are. They're not shy guys. 
they're like those weird crow things with like shy guy masks. I don't know what they yeah, are. Yeah, you know, I never questioned what they were. They, yeah, they're weird things with masks. Yeah, so they a bunch there's of them. A name for them, and I bet that there's some nerd out there that's a bigger, bigger Nintendo nerd than us that's like, um, well, actually, they're called flippets or whatever they're called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're very creepy, and they like the thing. They they play the role well. I look at those creatures, and I'm like, they kidnap children. Like that, I see it, you know? Like, yeah, for sure. So they come flying in and catch Mario and take off, and then you lose a life, and then you have to start over again. And that's the basic premise of the game. Uh, One of the big criticisms on this game, one of the things that a lot of people throw shade at is the Mario crying sound effect. A lot of people I've I've talked to were like, I won't play that game because of the way the Mario cries. And like, it is loud. It's like a classic, like, wah, wah, wah. And it's louder than the sound effects in the game. It's louder than the music. It's louder than any of that. But, like, I'm curious what you think, because the only time that that sound effect really gets to me is when I'm, like, when the clock is almost at zero and I'm trying to get to them and enemies keep hitting me and bouncing me back. And, and it adds to that, like, that sense of so urgency. Often. It happens so often. Um, It happened to me a few times where I'd get hit by an enemy that would knock me off an edge and I'd fall, like, a I'd fall all the way down to the bottom of this stage, but baby Mario is still chilling at the top and it's kind of like, okay, well, I guess I've lost this round. Right. I, but like, does this, I, I don't, I'm of the belief and I've been saying this, this whole last couple of weeks while I'm playing it. I, I would not skip this game just because you don't like the baby Mario crying effect. No, I don't think it's that it, bad. And I got to say, it's still a really good game. Still a really good game yeah. to, like the fact that that doesn't the the baby Mario concept kind of annoys me. Like worst case, I turn the sound off. Like I, I wouldn't recommend it because I think the music in this game is awesome. But turn I mean, the well, sound it's off. It's not really the sound that annoys me. It's more the baby Mario <laughs> is always flying slightly out of reach, and if you're surrounded by enemies, I it's it's more of a me being bad at the game thing. <laughs> Like, okay, so, like, I was going to ask you that because, like, I, I find that to be one of the most refreshing things about this game because so many platformers, especially Mario games, are when you're small, you get hit once and you die. When you're big, you get hit twice. When you've got a power, sometimes you get hit, you go back to being big, then you go back to being small, and then you die. I like I like that they changed the formula up a little bit, and they're like, hey, outside of the one-hit obstacles like spikes or lava or falling down holes or shit like that they're like take as take as much of a pounding as you want just get to that kid before the timer hits zero the only time it really frustrates me are uh there was one level right toward the end of the game where you have to ride on a bunch of moving platforms that are on like wires and i got hit by an enemy as i was on a platform that was going down so mario went up and i'm like well i can't i have 28 seconds on my timer but there's literally no way for me to reach him yeah because i'm going down he's up like, there I that can. frustrates me but i i i like it when it's in just like a regular left to right platforming level that i can't reach him i i don't mind i like i, I like the sense of urgency of like trying to get to him before it hits zero i kind of enjoy it it wasn't that annoying but it was it was kind of annoying i now i'll ask you this though so then would you prefer like it's like you're kind of comparing apples to oranges if I ask you this question, but like if they came to you and they were like, Mark, instead of it doing it like this with Yoshi's Island where Mario floats away and you have a certain amount of time to catch him, would you prefer it if it was just a standard Mario game where Yoshi could get power ups 
And like, and it just, cause like, and that's, that's what, like, and I'm, and, and there's no wrong answer, but that's what I'm saying is I'm like, I've played, I've played Mario one, Mario three, super Mario world. I've played a ton of these Mario games where I get power-ups and I just, I, and, and I, I do the classic Mario thing. And I think, I think that's one of the things that I enjoy about this game is that at least they, they tried to change the formula a bit. I, yeah. And it's, it was a, it was really cool of them to do something different for this game. Uh, that yeah. said, I do really like what they did with Yoshi's story. With Yoshi's story, it was you had a happiness meter. Every time you got hit by an enemy, it would go down. Every time you would eat a fruit, it would go up. That's such a Yoshi thing. It's it's very 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 basic, but I kind of liked I kind of liked it that way. Hey, did you hear? Did you hear Yoshi died? Oh my God! What happened? Did he fall down a hole? He just got too sad. <laughs> <laughs> No, he just got really sad. He died. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's what happened when Yoshi's down. Gets yeah. Sad. That's what Yoshi. That's what kills Yoshi. They he was watching sad. Titanic, and I don't know. He just went. He just went. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, I like it. Um, there's no power ups. Like there are power ups in the sense of like you can eat the the watermelons, and I will say, I, by and large, I think the ice watermelon and the fire watermelon are useless. I hate those fucking watermelons. But the green one, shots. you get three shots. Yeah, and and they you're, suck. And it, you get the ice one in the ice world, so it's kind of like, oh well, nothing's. This is kind. This, I'm. This is only good. This is not really that good against the enemies that are here. Yeah, I, I don't like those two, but I will say the green watermelon that you eat and then you can just spit seeds. I'm a big fan. That thing can fuck some people up. Levels, yeah, yeah. That thing will fuck some people up. I like that. Um. Outside of that, though, like the only real power ups are uh, you can pick up stars throughout the the game and they're not like Mario Brothers stars that'll make you invincible. Each one's like a little walking, smiling dipshit star. And whenever you eat them, you add one second to your clock up to 30 seconds that you can protect Mario. Uh, And then there's the other star you can get that is like the classic Mario star. And when you touch it, Yoshi actually goes into a giant egg and baby Mario gets a cape. And starts running around like he's invincible. And then he can use his diaper as like a parachute too, or his, his cape is, I think it's his, I can't remember if it's his cape or his diaper. I think it's his cape. It was, yeah, it was, I think, yeah, because otherwise it was his diaper. That would be, you can't have that. That'd be perverse. Yes, it's his yeah. cape. But uh, I, I, I actually, I, I like that. That I, I wish there was more segments like that in the game because I like those segments where you get to run around as invincible baby Mario. Um, I, I, I thought it would bother me more that there's not more power-ups because that's one of my favorite things about most Mario games, but it doesn't bother me in this one. I, I think this I think this game's designed well enough that you don't really need a lot of power-ups. Now, there are a few power-ups um, where Yoshi will turn into a vehicle of some sort. I, that's the one part of the game I fucking hate. The They're fucking always, vehicles. It would be such a cool thing if it wasn't on such a strict time schedule. And Ugh. if you don't reach the place you need to be in time, you just watch Yoshi go all the way back to where he first got the power up. And sometimes you'll be right there. You'll be yeah. right where you need to be. And then you'll run out of time. And then there's just this 20 second sequence where Yoshi flies all the way back to the beginning of the segment. Yeah, it's the one part of the game I fucking hate. You can turn Yoshi into like there's a helicopter, there's um basically like a a mole tank. It's like a part mole part tank that you can dig in the ground. You can turn it into a train. There's a submarine. Uh, the submarine. 
And what I hate is that, like, especially if you're going for 100% in each level, which we'll explain a little bit more in a minute, then you need to go looking for coins and flowers and stuff because they're usually hidden in these areas. And that fucking helicopter in particular controls, like, a goddamn not... I mean, maybe it controls, like, a helicopter. I've never flown a helicopter. But if it does, I never want to fly in a fucking helicopter. I hate the way that fucking thing controls. <laughs> and, and you're right. Basically, every time you transform into a vehicle, at some, at some point, there's, like, a big Yoshi brick like a big block with his face on it and if you bump into that then you transform back into yoshi and you move on with the game but if you can't get there before the timer runs out like mark said it warps you all the way back and you have to jump into the thing and start again and i will say it's the one part of this game that i just genuinely don't enjoy is playing as any of the vehicles i don't find any of them fun to play as well i and i like the concept of it so much because, oh, Yoshi turns into a helicopter. That should be a lot of fun. But it's the time limit on it that yeah. makes it unfun. If if you had whole levels where you were playing as a helicopter and there wasn't a time limit to it and it was just kind of... Uh, and all of the puzzles were about, oh, how quick is your reaction time? That yeah. would be fun. But the puzzles as it is, is how quick can you find another uh, helicopter power up? And can and if you don't get it fast enough, you have to fly back to the beginning of this section. Yeah. I fucking and hate you it. have to watch Yoshi flying back to the beginning of this section. Yeah. That fucking like, and I'm just like, I'm like, I fucking hate you. You fucking stupid die. This is why you're extinct. I fucking hate you. Fuck. <laughs> I hate those parts. Um, now, okay, so we got to pause for a word from a sponsor in a second here. But before, I'm just looking. Everything else I have to say about this game, I think, is is basically good stuff. Is there anything else, like, really that you don't like that you want to poo-poo on? I, I want to... Think, I think I've gotten all my aggression out. All right. Then what we'll do is game. we'll pause here. We'll let a sponsor come in and say something, assuming I was able to trick someone into sponsoring the show. And then we'll talk about some of the good stuff about the game. The, the, the other good stuff about the game. So we'll be back in, like... I don't know. I don't know. Whenever the break is over, we'll be right back. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Podcasting's a weird job because I talk to you nerds all the time. Every day, I tell you all about my life, the good and the bad. The ugly, I kind of keep that offline. And it's not that I don't want to talk about it. I'd love to talk about it. I just need to pick and choose who I talk to. We all have stuff that just lives in our minds, rent-free, 24-7. Talking about them can really help because the longer you keep something bottled up, the more likely it is to blow. You've heard me say it before and you're going to keep hearing me say it. Therapy is the way. Therapists can be that ear to bend when you really need to get something off your chest and don't know who to talk to. And better help is a great way to go about it. I don't BS you guys. I don't say I've used something if I've never used it. I've personally talked to a BetterHelp therapist about the stuff going on in my personal life, and I genuinely found it helpful. To have someone to talk to that doesn't have any skin in the game, that can just listen and try to help me come up with a roadmap to get through the tough times... It's just invaluable. It has seriously really helped me. I've talked to my therapist through video and you can do it that way or you can do it over the phone or even just over chat and they give you as many schedule options as possible so you can work a session in around your life. It's licensed therapy as convenient as it gets. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash remember the game today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash remember the game. Okay, so 
before the break, we were talking about the power-ups and stuff like that. The one other aspect of this game is Yoshi himself. Is it him? Her? Probably both. Whatever. I think it's, him, I think it's a him. Yoshi... Yeah, I'm going to him. Yoshi's got some tools of the uh some 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 tools in his toolbox that are pretty handy. He's got that classic Yoshi flutter jump, which is which I will say is a fucking godsend in this game. It was introduced in this game. Kind of yeah. all of Yoshi's classic moves were like, introduced in this game. Yeah. So like you hold when you jump, you hold jump, and when he hits the top of his jump, he does that little like you know, he's trying to fly, but he can't fly, and he almost sinks for half a second and then gets an extra little boost up. And some of the platforming in this game toward the end, especially, can get pretty tough, and that floats really handy. It's I'm a big so fan. handy. It yeah. is an absolute godsend. Yeah, I'm a big fan of that float mechanic. Um, he's got his tongue. You can shoot it straight up or straight forward and eat most bad guys. Not all, but most. What I like about this game is when you eat a bad guy, uh, it's not like Super Mario World where you eat them and then that's you know you digest them. In this one, you eat them and right away you poop them out as an egg, and you can tow up to six eggs behind you. And then you can throw them at any time. And as soon as you pick one up to throw it, this little like crosshairs thing shows up on the screen and starts bouncing up and down. And so you need to aim where you want to throw the throw the egg. And so many portions of this game are based around throwing those eggs, be it fighting enemies or collecting secrets or opening other paths or stuff like that. And and I really genuinely feel that outside of the the platforming itself, that I think is very good. I really think the egg mechanic is the is the secret sauce of this game. And it's kind of a existential fucked up horror if you think about it. <laughs> Yoshi just eating a person and then immediately turning him into an egg. And uh, then whipping them at, you know, sometimes what I assume is like their family in the other yeah. enemies. <laughs> right at their family. Right back at them. Uh, Have but, you ever but... watched a Kimono Dragon eat an a another animal? I I don't think I've ever watched a kimono dragon eat another the animal. Kimono though. dragons are, fa are they're fascinating. What, go on YouTube, watch a kimono dragon eating an animal because it's amazing how quickly they can eat a whole animal. They're amazing creatures. And that's exactly what I think of when I'm playing this game. Just Yoshi, just popping something into his mouth and instantly it's an egg. Yeah. Just imagining, just imagine you're the guy. You're the guy, you're trying to stop Yoshi, the tongue comes towards you, it sticks to you, in you go, and you're instantly digested and turned into an egg but, that is then thrown at, like you said, your family. Yeah. <laughs> now that said, though, uh, that leads into the, the next thing I was going to bring up, because I, I, like, I just think the egg thing is, the egg thing is a great, Adds a lot of depth to the. To I think the game that should play. be a war crime, really. I think that should oh, it's be considered fucked. a war crime. It's fucked. But the another thing I was going to bring up that I really like about this game is I think the boss fights in this. I hate boss fights most of the time. I love the boss fights in this game, and the best boss fight in this game, for my money, is where you fight the frog, where Kamek shrinks you and the frog eats you, and you literally fight the frog in its stomach, and you have and to fight eating, its stomach. Yeah. Yeah. So you're you're eating enemies that the frog is swallowing, turning them into eggs, and then throwing them at like I assume what is that dangly thing in the back of the, your throat? The, the uvula, yeah, yeah. But then as you're fighting this frog, you're hitting this the 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 bula, whatever the uvula, whatever it's called, and there's an opening at the bottom of the stomach, 
And when you're done beating the boss, you actually go down that opening. The frog turns over on its back and looks dead. And then you pop out of the like the bottom of the frog, the bum. And then you're literally Yoshi. And most, po- most game, like when he wins, he's like smiling and looking at the camera or like just smiling, like, a, you know, grinning moroningly as Homer would say. But when you come out of that frog, Yoshi is just staring at the camera with this, like, what the fuck? Look but on also, his face. Yoshi, what do you think you do to people? Exactly. It's karma. It's awesome. I I love that. I Every time I, I fight that boss, I'm like, that's brilliant. That they made you go through exactly what you're doing to all of these enemies just once. It's good stuff. Um, Seriously, the boss fights are pretty good. Some fantastic boss fights in here. Um, do you have a... Do you have a favorite or anything that stands out? I mean, the out? last one. The last one is the best one in oh. the game. Uh, the, yes, agreed. Yeah, and I'm um, sure we'll get there when we we get talking about the end of the game. But oh my god, what a really what what a last boss fight this is. Yeah, it's a, it's. Um, I, well, fuck it, we'll talk about it. I don't give a fuck. Let's let's do it because I wanted to talk yeah, about yeah. some of the best boss fights. Okay, so yeah, so. the last boss fight is in two phases. Uh, it's Baby Bowser. Baby Bowser. Now, just sorry, sorry. Just to clarify, it is not Bowser Jr. It's it's. I don't think. I think it's like how it's Baby Mario and Baby Luigi. It is Baby Bowser. Uh, I, yeah, I just I wanted to clarify that because I fucking hate Bowser it. Jr. This was Bowser before he was grown and big yes. and King Bowser. This is Baby Bowser. Yeah. And he <laughs> he starts the fight by throwing a, a tantrum and stomping Kamek to death. And you're, the first phase is fine. You have to fight him by kind of ground pounding the ground next to him, and it makes the ground rise and it throws him up. Yeah, and you're like, and you're fighting him like in his nursery, which is kind of cool yeah. too. I thought that was pretty funny. But um, when you're done that, you kind of think, oh, okay, that's a that was a pretty good final boss fight, I guess. But then it gives you this fight immediately after where you're now facing the background and baby Yoshi has become this or baby uh, Bowser has become this giant monster. And now you have to throw eggs at this thing in the background. And it's kind of what the super Nintendo was really good at doing near the end of its life was utilizing the background as a playable part of the game. Sure, because there there are other parts in this game where like you'll see enemies in the background, like those big chomp chomp balls, and then they'll you'll jump see them toward jump the front of the screen, and then they'll come down on you. You see them yeah. jump up in the background, and then suddenly they're in the foreground. What? But what's cool is like every boss fight in this game, Kamek shows up, and he like transforms a regular enemy into something different, or. In, you know, in case the frog, he just shrinks Yoshi down and the frog eats Yoshi. But he comes back and he and he sprinkles Bowser with this powder and then, or whatever, his magic wand, whatever the fuck. And then Bowser becomes this giant Giga Bowser. And it's not just that you're facing him in the background, but it's like the sun is setting in, like it's, like it's the sky is black and then it's getting like the sun's up near the bottom. Like it's, the sun is setting and he, all you really see is like the silhouette of giant Bowser walking toward you. And like you said, Yoshi actually turns and is facing the background of the screen. And you have to whip eggs way off into the distance and line them up so that they'll like, you really have to kind of play the the geometry and let the eggs come down and hit Bowser in the head. Cause if he gets too close, he just kills you and you have to start over. And this awesome, like intense music is playing. And I've said it before. It's honestly my favorite boss fight of all time. I love that fight. 
Oh, really? It of just, all time. All time. I hate most. To be fair, I hate like 90% of boss fights. But I love that fight. It's just so epic. It just feels so cool. Like, it's all due respect to Super Mario World. The fight against Bowser and the clown car thing, vehicle thing, is, is shit compared to this Bowser fight. Yeah, that, this one is better than that one for sure. It's insane. It's fucking awesome. I love this boss fight. You fight giant Bowser. It's so awesome. And like just even the way they make Yoshi turn and he's facing off into the background and shit. It's, I just, I love it. I love that boss fight. Um, that said though, I honestly don't think there's a boss fight in this game I don't enjoy. There's one that I found annoying and it was the gelatin one with the, the heart one in where... the middle that you had to, you had to get at. The oh the like the hairy jello blob, yeah and and you yeah so he's got like a heart in the middle and you have to keep picking up eggs and throwing the eggs at him and every time you hit him it like pushes the jelly back and you need to get the deep enough that it hit him in the heart, and but he's inching forwards and you have a very limited amount of space on this platform yeah so you gotta you need to be accurate with that one you need to be and accurate I think with that's your eggs. a great idea for a boss fight I just found it annoying because I sucked at it. <laughs> that's and weird. that's gonna be the theme of this episode anytime i play <laughs> a game is a time where i was like well but why did it have to be so hard i <laughs> i love it that's why i like you um I, I i i don't i don't know i don't mind that fight i like the i like the frog fight just because i think it's funny that you get pooped out by the frog yeah. Uh I really like the fight where you fight the giant ghost in the flower pot and the two shy guys. You're on like a you're on like a platform with with holes on either end and there's two shy guys pushing this giant ghost in a flower pot toward you and you, and have, you to have to push the flower push pot. Off. Yeah, you have to push it back toward them and it's whichever side can push them off of the edge first. I think that's a really cool fight. I really Even like the easy. giant piranha plants as well. Yes. Dude, the one that like this giant piranha plant that grows with like all these like little ones like coming. He looks like a fucking mutant plant and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He looks really cool. Um, I like the one where you fight the uh the that big chubby raven on like the moon, and you have to ground pound those pillars through either side of the planet and like kind of hit him in the nuts as he's running that was around. A good one. That one made me feel dizzy though because you had yeah. to ju- run around so quick. Yeah, it does. You have to move fast in that one. Yeah. Um, I, I think the most iconic boss fight in this game, or maybe the most well-known, maybe more infamous, maybe more than iconic, the most infamous boss fight in this game is right at the beginning where you fight that big fat guy and every time you hit him with eggs, his pants fall down. Yeah. And then eventually his pants go down to his ankles and he just gets all blushing and shy and then loses. I, I think that's yeah. a really cool fight too. I love <laughs> them all. Funny. I love them all because it's, it's not even just random enemies, but it's like an enemy you've been dealing with during that world. And then that's what they transform into like a boss at the end. Yeah. And it's, um, it's, it always starts as a normal enemy and something is done to twist it. Yeah. Uh, I just think they're very clever. I think they're very well done. And I like that there's two per world. Like in each world you do three levels and then a fortress and then three levels and then the final fortress. Yes. Um, And I just, yeah, I, I really enjoy, I really enjoy the boss fights. I honestly don't think there's one I dislike. Um. Yeah, I really don't think there's one I dislike. I, I like all of them. I just and a love- great amount of variety because it, it's it feels unfair to compare this to Super Mario World One, like Super Mario. We'll call it Super Mario World One, even though it's sure. the only Super Mario World, really. But when you look at the boss fights of that game, 
And at the beginning of this episode, I was like, I will not hear any arguments that this game is better in ways than Super Mario. But now that I'm thinking about it, the boss fights are way better because oh, yeah. Super Mario World, all of the boss fights are just the Koopa Kids. Yeah. And in one of three or four situations, they're on a Yeah, boat. I love those kids, no. but they get done dirty every time they show up. Yeah. They get done dirty. Um, I... I don't really want to get into all the individual levels because there's a lot of levels to go there's over. 48. I do think the I do think the levels are well done. Dude, I one thing I noticed is the levels are big. Like some of them, if you're exploring and going for the hundred percent, some of these are big fucking levels. They're they're not linear at all. Like there's a lot of exploration to some of them. They didn't really cram a lot of game into this game. Yeah, they did. Huge. Some of these levels are fucking huge. Especially when you go underground in the caves and stuff. Some of the levels are fucking huge. Those cave mazes. Oh, my God. Oh, a couple of them started to irritate me a little bit. It a took me bit. a while to get through one of the ones at the end. Yeah, one of the very last ones. Where you're just picking away at how am I supposed to get through yeah. this. And yeah. then, but when you finally figure it out, it is this really cool eureka moment. And you just have that moment of, oh, man, that is a really good puzzle. Totally. Yeah, agreed. Um. But like, and then to add to the difficulty of this game, if you want to, you can go for a perfect score of 100 in each level. Because at the end of the level, you get a score out of 100. And your score is made up of the, the amount of time on your Mario crying timer, which is out of 30. And remember, it defaults counts back up to 10, but you can fill it to 30. And that's what, to me, what really makes 100%ing every level in the game difficult is trying to end the level with your score at 30. Like, toward the end of the game, you can start piling up some, some power-ups and you get those plus 10 stars and plus 20 stars on your clock item. And then that basically wipes out the challenge of it. But until you've got some of those stockpiled, it can be tough to finish some levels with a 30 timer. Cause you can, you can find all the collectibles and then accidentally run into an enemy right at the end of the level and lose two seconds off your timer. And there goes your perfect score. I got fucked so many times that way. Fuck. So many <laughs> fucking times. God I, damn it. I didn't even try to hundred percent this game. I was just getting through it. <laughs> It's, I get it. I, I intended to hundred percent the whole game and then ran out of time, but I am going to go back and try. I'm close. I'm close. Um, if you want hundred percent, it, you don't just have to finish each level with a full 30 on your timer, but you need to find 20 red coins, which you can tell the difference, but you have to look like they look pretty similar to gold coins. But then when you pick them up, they're, they're red instead. And you have to find 20 of those. And, and then there's five flowers in a level and each flower is worth 10 points. So five, five flowers are worth 50 points, 20 coins are worth a point each for 70, and then 30 on your meter is worth a point each, and that makes 100. I gotta um, say, I and then I, I a single level in this. Oh, really? No, I went, not a single one. <laughs> I went deep on it this time, but I've, I've always wanted to, because when you 100% all eight levels in a world, you get access to a ninth bonus level, which is really tough, and you get access to one of those end-of-level minigames that you can play anytime you want. And so I think the second world, you unlock one where you can get items. And now you can start stockpiling items to go after the 100% run. Okay. Yeah. Um, and on that note, I wanted to talk about those mini games. I actually, what do you, I really like that system. When you beat the level, there's that roulette wheel. And it's, and it, I can ahead. see where, and I can see where it's positioning itself as a spiritual sequel to super mario world oh yeah because totally yeah you get to the end of the level and there's the roulette wheel that's kind of similar to the 
tape at the end of Super Mario World, and there are the mini games that you can play for one-ups, just like the tic-tac-toe in Super Mario World. You can kind of see, if you squint, where they can kind of get away with calling this a sequel to Super Mario World. But still, but still, I'm still kind of like, no, fuck that. Yeah, I still, I still refer to it as Yoshi's Island, not not the sequel to Super Mario World. Um, There are elements of Super Mario World in this game for sure. Yeah, but it's Yoshi's Island. Yeah. So at yeah, agreed. At the end of each level, there's a a roulette wheel of like ten dots, and five of them can transform into flowers. So each of the five flowers you found in the level turns one of these five transformable dots into a flower. So if you find all five flowers, then it's five dots and five flowers. And it spins around, and if it stops on a dot, nothing happens, you move on to the next level. If it stops on a flower, you get to play a mini game. And the mini games can be for extra lives, it could be for items that you can use in the levels. A little bit of both. And uh I just I really like that system. Like especially as a kid, when I would play this game, at the end of every level, I would watch that roulette wheel fucking intently and just be like, "Come on!" And then every time it missed, it just does that like, boom, and you just move on to the next level. And it just was like, "Ah, fuck me!" I guess. Um, <laughs> I like that. Oh, I also like that every time you beat the level, you jump through that roulette wheel, and whatever Yoshi you're controlling just lobs Mario up in the air. And then the next Yoshi comes running in from the side of the screen and catches him right at the last second. Like, yeah, I, I always thought that was a cool little it's animation. It's a cool, like, handoff. Yeah, it's, I, I, I quite like that. It's like throwing the baton to each other, except it's an it's a infant child or infant human. <laughs> but um, but I, I really like that, that system of playing those bonus levels at the end. And you can get a shit ton of lives, dude. I, when I finished this game, I think I had 147 lives. Oh really? I game I game over so much in this game. Oh, it's but probably I game be- over screen so many times because I wasn't going for all of the absolutely. Flowers. Yeah, when when you go for that hundred percent, um, dude, you play so many of the like one up mini games, and there's one that you start playing in the second half of the game that's like a roulette, and you can pick how many lives you want to wager, uh, of your own, and uh, so say you wager like twenty lives, and then you hit start. And then one of there's two spinning wheels and one wheel stops on either plus or times. And then the other wheel stops on a number zero, one or two. And so if you gamble like 20 lives and get times two, then you just won 40 lives. Like you can. And then when just collecting all the coins, trying to find the 20 red coins, you pick up a lot of lives in this game. That one life was 40 lives. Yeah. 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 It's ridiculous uh but i like it i love it i like I, I i mean like i when i say i just want to make sure i make it clear like when i say it's challenging we're not saying this is like celeste or some shit but which by the way is the hardest platformer ever made uh the thing about celeste though is it just has it has constant checkpoints it's brilliant um, and celeste is, is a perfect appreciate about a difficult game like celeste where it's hard but it doesn't make you repeat shit that you've no. already done what no. frustrates me about platformers like this is you'll die, you'll and if you die enough, you'll game over and you have to go back to the beginning of the level and do all of the stuff that you already showed the game. No, 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 I can do this part. Yeah, that's just like I so think that's the just the uh... system. The live system for me in video games is it seems incredibly antiquated, and I was very surprised to see it come back in super mario wonder because it goes back to when you used to have to play video games by putting quarters into a machine 
Whereas it's not really how we play video games anymore. So anytime you see a modern game that still has a life system, it's kind of like, well, this is not, this, this yeah. is very weird. I, I do agree with that. Like, I'm not going to dunk on Yoshi's Island for it because this is still from the era where lives were. This is still from the, the era where games had lives. I, I do agree. I think in today's era, like, lives are kind of. I, I will say, though, I, I if I have to choose between a game with lives or a game with timers in your fucking levels, give me lives. I fucking hate yeah. timers. Big I, improvement that this game had is that there was no timers totally and i and i think that goes back to what we were talking about earlier just how big the lives are i think they're trying to get you to explore more um and and they want to give you the time to properly explore the levels yeah absolutely i i think this game would be impossible to 100 if you had fucking timers because some of these levels take forever to go through and find everything like some of them are very long but some of them are pretty fucking long and if you had a timer it would ruin everything I fucking hate that. I fucking so hate many times I would be getting to, I'd be going through a level and you'd be thinking this must be getting close to the end. And then you'd get to a checkpoint and you go, are you kidding me? Yeah. Well, that was, I will say that's one of the other things that's cool about the hundred percent run is you kind of get a ballpark. Like if I bring up my pause menu and I have two of five stars and eight of 20 coins, I'm like, I'm not even close. But if I'm like, I'm missing two coins and one flower, I'm like, I'm, I'm probably pretty close to the end yeah like it, it almost gives fair. you a sense because you're right there are some levels where you just you think you've beaten it like twice and it just keeps fucking going and and sometimes it it's won't pretty... let me stop <laughs> sometimes it's pretty lenient with those uh star rings like your checkpoints and sometimes it's like fuck you we'll give you one when we're ready get good like it can be pretty <laughs> vicious sometimes so um i'm trying to think so we talked about 100 percent levels we talked about the bosses. We talked about the eggs. We talked about the mini games. I don't. I don't want to break down all the levels specifically because I think there's just a there's a lot to talk about. But I I I know we'll hear about it if we don't quickly bring up Touch Fuzzy Get Dizzy. Okay. Like that. If you've never played this game, there's a level in World One, Touch Fuzzy Get Dizzy, where about halfway through the level, these white orbs with faces on them and like a little bit of hair sticking out of them. They're pretty big and they just start floating casually across the screen. And if you touch one, um, Yoshi drops acid, I think. I think that's what it's supposed to be. And these things show up later in the game as well. And <laughs> they're a lot harder later in the game. It makes the game a lot more difficult because it sure does. Platforms are all bending and it yeah. is kind of this is the precursor to mario wonder in some ways oh yeah that sure is it, it's like if you've never played it when you touch one of these get dizzy things like the whole level like put your two hands like interlace your fingers with your two hands like pointing toward each other and just start like moving them up and down like a wave like the whole level just starts doing that and you can't even just stand still and let it pass because yoshi just starts stumbling around like a drunk falling on these fucking platforms and his eyes like his pupils get all tiny and they get like these bright colors all around them and it's like they actually if i'm not mistaken and i could be wrong here i think they removed that level from the uh the port the handheld port the gba port really i, I i'm gonna double check that as we're talking i rarely do this because i want to say they eliminated it because it, it's like there's literally no way you can't assume that like He's he Yoshi's some like Yoshi's on acid, yeah, yeah, yeah. Touch fuzzy, get dizzy, removed. I want to say they removed it because it was definitely on the switch port. 
yeah, it does look like they they changed it at least. Interesting. Now I've never played the GBA version of you. I have not either. No, I have not either. Or the sequel. There's a there was a Game Boy sequel, wasn't there? Uh, not that I'm aware of. I only know of the port. Oh, it says here, um, it's a shame that Touch Fuzzy Get Dizzy had to be destroyed in the move to portable. I don't know if it was removed because they thought it was a bad influence or if the GBA just couldn't handle it. I don't know. But it's too bad because it is easily like the most well-known level from the game. I love that level. Like when I was a kid, I would track those bubbles down on purpose just to like trip balls on them because I wasn't allowed to do drugs when I was a kid. So now, now, <laughs> As now kid, it's different. Your parents were so strict. No acid until you're eight. Oh, fuck. My fucking parents, man. Can oh, I man. be a booze hound? <laughs> I'm just looking here. Sequels. Uh, following Yoshi's Island success, Nintendo developed Yoshi's Story, the 64 game, which disappointed audiences and deflated massive anticipation. Aw. Um, well, that's what I was saying. And I liked that game when I was a kid because I never played Yoshi's Island. I didn't yeah. know that because Yoshi's story is such a little game. And, and then they made a couple of spin off bigger plus. You'd think that on a more powerful hardware, they would have made a bigger game, but they made it seem like this is kind of a game they pumped out for Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. Uh, it says here, yeah, Yoshi's Island DS, known in Japan as Yoshi's Island DS. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, known in Japan as Yoshi Island DS is a platform video game, and it was a sequel to the 1995 SNES game. Well, I'll be damned. I did not know about it. I'll have to play this fucking game. I didn't know this existed. Yeah. I'll have to look I this up. I remember reading something about it. Uh, I bet you it's easy. We have all of the Yoshi games that followed, but I remember reading somewhere that there was a direct sequel somewhere. Yeah, I'll have to look this one up. Son of a... I did not know this existed. Son of a bitch. I'll have to check this out. Because I fucking... I love this game. I Like, I, the original. Like, I could play this game. Replaying it this, like, this past week to get ready for this episode, I was like... When I think of Super Nintendo platformers, I think Super Mario World, I think the Donkey Kong Country games, I think Bubsy, because Bubsy's awesome. Fuck you, haters. Um, what could possibly go wrong? What could possibly go wrong? Uh... Fuck, he's such a stupid character. But I never think of Yoshi's Island, and it's and that's a real shame because like this game, this is this is if you were ranking all the Super Nintendo games ever made, if this isn't a top ten Super Nintendo game, it's a top twenty for sure. And top twenty might not sound all that impressive, but if you're aware of just how deep the Super Nintendo's library is, if you can crack the top twenty, that's a pretty fucking good lineup, man. Until the Switch, it was the best. It was the it was the hardware with the best catalog easily. Agreed. Yeah, no question. I agree. Uh, it was I've said it many times. Super Nintendo is my favorite system. I think the Switch has replaced it because I can play so many of my favorite Super Nintendo games on the Switch anywhere I want, plus all the other games. But prior to the Switch, the Super Nintendo was my favorite system ever. Yeah, so. it's, and this it's game fantastic. is a big part of it. I got this game for my birthday when I was a kid, and I remember playing this game fucking religiously, and just loving it and replaying I, I it now, man. Never got it. My parents wouldn't buy it for me. Oh, man. well, it's probably because you fucking, you liked Mario's no, Missing, and even your parents knew how fucked <laughs> up that was. It was because of the ad. It was because of the terrible <laughs> commercial for this game. If you haven't seen it, and you're listening to this, just bring out your phone and just Google the Yoshi's Island commercial. You'll find it. Big fat guy eats till he explodes. And it has nothing I, to do with the game. My parents well, 
because my parents saw the commercial and they went, well, this game must be disgusting then when it, the commercial doesn't even remotely match the game other than, I guess, Yoshi, Yoshi eats, eats a lot. lot. Yeah. yeah Yoshi really eats the lot. Only similar, but he doesn't eat to the point where he explodes. In now, a you're right. Like, way. In hindsight, it would have been more tied into Yoshi's Island if the guy had eaten until his pants fell down and he ran off ashamed like that boss. Yeah. But then I feel like Nintendo would have gotten in even more trouble. <laughs> so I, I don't know what the play was here. The, um, the commercial actually, enough people complained about the commercial that they had to edit it. It was, I love it, but it, I loved gross shit back then. It was a pretty gross commercial, though. Look it up. It's such a nice, I remember that commercial like clear as day. Like, and I'm I just mostly mad that this commercial kept me from getting this game because he, I, I loved Yoshi. I was a huge Yoshi fan. I found yeah. out Yoshi had his own full video game. I was like, oh my God, get, uh, I would love that game. My parents would know that commercial's disgusting. This game must be disgusting. <laughs> the very end, he eats like one last like fingertip of, of whipped cream and then that's when he explodes. That's it's the gross. thing that does it. Yeah, that last bite. Um, are you good? We've been going for an hour. I'm good. You good? I, I'm. I, I don't know if I have anything else to say about it. Great game. Great fucking game. Uh, I know it's a lame. I know normally I go for like some stupid wonky scoring system, but it just feels like you can get a perfect score of a hundred in each level. It just feels like a a hundred score. Okay. So that's what we're gonna do. So Mark, out of out of a hundred, what are you gonna give Yoshi's Island, Super Mario World Two, Yoshi's Island? I give it a 90. That's a very good score. It's a very good score. Um, the concept of the baby annoys me a little bit. So 10 few points off for that. Fair. Um, I'm going to go. Fuck, I'm going to go like I'm going to go like 95. Like the only thing I don't like is those stupid vehicle parts. And yeah. fortunately, they're they're not like not something you do in every level. Like there's probably only a dozen of them in the game. Thank fuck. Uh, I'm gonna go 95. I love this game. I fuck me. Like I play Super Mario World every year. I think I'm gonna start doing a more, maybe not an annual playthrough, but I'm gonna start playing through this one more often because it's a really. I would fun say game. that Mario World is still more replayable. I, I I definitely look at Mario World as more comfort food. This one I gotta pay attention a little more. Mario World, I can yeah. like close my eyes. Mario but, World, yeah, it, we play it often enough. We did it a few weeks ago. You can yeah. kind of play it in one sitting. Yeah. But I, I, this is a really good fucking, I can't remember if I've ever done an expansion pass where I rank my favorite platformers. I'll have to look. If I haven't, I'll do that. This would make my <laughs> list of my favorite platformers. This is doing it game. long enough that you're just, I don't, I don't know what I've done. I don't even know anymore. I don't even, people ask me that. They're like, have you covered this? And I'm like, I don't know. Probably. I've talked about everything. Um, all right. We got our scores. We got everything done. Mark. Uh, I know I talk to you every single week on Purple Monkey Dishwasher, which is available at patreon.com slash remember the game, but not everybody listens to Purple Monkey Dishwasher at patreon.com slash remember the game. So if they're not listening to that over there, where uh, what are you up to these days? I think you've got something big coming up. I do. Uh, this, uh, this February, first two weeks of February, if you're somebody who goes, gee, I like the way Mark's voice sounds. I wish that I could see him perform in a musical. Well, Boy golly, do I have some good news for you. Uh, Boy golly. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be performing in a uh, production of Fiddler on the Roof that's going up here in Calgary uh, the first two weeks of uh, February uh, at uh, 
uh, Le Cite de Rocher Theater. I probably pronounced that very wrong. Uh, it's uh, tickets available now at uh, paintedfish.ca. Excellent. And uh, assuming Mark sends it to me, uh, I will put that link in the. I know you sent it to me once before, but I I don't I don't think I have it. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll send it again. Yeah. Yeah. Send me that. I'll put it in the description of this podcast. If you are in the uh, old Calgary area, and if you're like, well, Mark, are you, like, what are you doing? Are you just in the background? No, I'm playing Model the Tarot Taylor in Fiddler on the Roof. And yeah. if you go, man, that's not enough to get me out there. Um, anybody who's listened to Purple Monkey Dishwasher may be familiar with my partner Linnea, who is kind of the background audience member yeah. <laughs> of every episode of Purple Monkey Dishwasher. She's also going to be in it. So yeah. you get a two-for-one deal. You're getting me, you're getting Linnea, you're getting Fiddler on the Roof. Uh, tickets available, paintedfish.ca. Fucking do it. Fucking do it. Mark, thanks for doing this. It was nice. It's weird. It's weird having you back on Remember the Game now. I'm so used to you being the Purple Monkey Dishwasher guy. Man, but, I, I got to uh, say I like be. I'm glad to be. Uh, glad to be on this show. And here's the thing: I love doing pink, pu- purple monkey dishwasher. But I feel more people listen to this show, and oh, yeah. because I'm an egomaniac, I like when people are listening to my voice. So <laughs> anytime you're, anytime you want me to come on and do the show that more people listen to, I am open. <laughs> well, then you know what? We'll uh, let's book it in again in in four weeks when we're going to cover the last game of 2023, and I'm not going to tell all you what it is. You'll have to come back in four weeks, but I promise you it's going to be a good one. It's a big, it's, game. it's a really I, good one. Yeah. I mean, the podcast might suck. Most of my podcasts suck, but the, but the game is fucking great. So we'll do that in four weeks. Uh, Mark, thanks for doing this, buddy. Appreciate it. Always. That is going to do it for this week's episode. Mark, thank you so much for giving me a call and talking Yoshi's Island to every single one of you nerds listening to this. Whether this was your first Remember the Game or your 275th, thank you so much for the support. I appreciate it more than you'll know. Don't forget to look in the description of this podcast to find the link to paintedfish.ca where you can pick up tickets to Mark's show. Tell them that uh, Remember the Game sent you. And I think you'll get a free sandwich, but there's an asterisk on that because I don't actually think they give out free sandwiches. But go see Mark. He's a gem, and uh, he deserves your love and support. And uh, while you're on the internet buying tickets to his show or whatever the fuck, maybe consider leaving us a nice review, would you? I'm not sure what they accomplished, but the other shows ask for them, so I'm going to do the same. And uh, if you want more of these, patreon.com slash rememberthegame. I plugged it more in blowing in the cartridge than I normally would, so I'm going to go quick. Three bucks a month gets you hundreds of podcasts. It's the best deal, plus other stuff. Best deal in the history of the internet. Patreon.com slash remember the game. I'm also over on Twitch playing through the Mario RPG remake right now at twitch.tv slash remember the game. So hit me with a follow. It'll tell you when I'm online. You can go by, see my stupid face. I have a PO box. You can find it at remember the game podcast.com. Send me a letter or something. I'll send you one back and we'll be friends. I'm on Cameo. Just look for Adam Blank over there. If you want me to send a message to one of your friends or your family or just yell at someone, I'm happy to do all of that. And Molly, we got anything else to plug? No, I think that's enough. I'm going to thank some patrons and get out of here. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. I will be back tomorrow for our patrons with Remember the, or with Expansion Pass 188, uh, the games that changed gaming. And we'll be back next week with Remember the Game 276, Pokemon trading card game. Hopefully. Assuming we get it recorded between now and then, but we should. 
Should be a good episode. Thanks a lot, everybody. Talk to you all in the next one. Cheers so long. Goodbye. Remember, the game is brought to you by our Patreons. I could not puke up all the content I turn out every week without all of your support. The following people are the senior executive vice president level or higher. Higher! At patreon.com slash remember the game. And as such, I am contractually obligated to thank them as quickly as possible. So in alphabetical order, a huge thank you to a dude named Adam, A.B. Killen, Aaron Lawson. Adam Blank still hasn't reviewed D's Nuts Galaxy. Adam Blank still hasn't reviewed Mario Galaxy. Adam Galaxy still hasn't reviewed Mario Blank. Adam Martinet, Adam's new personal assistant. On my foot, A.J. McCurgy, Alex McIntyre, Alex R., Alex Ramos, Alexander Camps, Andre, Andrew Wright, Andy Hudson, Angry Ticks, Archangel Otaku, A-Town, Atria Wormwood, Austin from Past to Present Player Podcast, The Ball Sack Teabagger, Bearded Bastard, Beaver Boy, Beef Dingleberry, Beers of War, Benjamin Atkins, Big Daddy Randall, Big the Cat, Billy and the Clonosaurus, Biddy, Because 19, Blame the Hoagie Man, Blobby Rogers, B Money, Bobby Litton, Brandon DeZeba, Brian Richmond, Bula, Burt Macklin, Buy Me Bonestorm, or Go to Hell, C Spin, Cam Nelly 23, Can't Destroy Her, Captain N, Captain Steven, Carbon Fiber Zombie, Cardigan Measures Wrestler, Cesar, Chaz Hammond, Chevy Boy 9211, Chicken Gizzards, Chris Fleury, Chris Williams, Chris Hill, Christian Gabriel, Christopher Britt, Chugger22, Clockwork Orange These Nuts, Cody Richardson, Cody Thompson, Colin Bollinger, Dan Fuselman, Dan of DNA Gaming, Daniel, Darth Skywalter, Dave McGee, Dave Thompson, David Schroeder, DBXJ, Decoy Man, Dem Boys on the Roof, Diablo Spartan, Digital Dave, Donnie the Dude, Walter, Doogie, Doug Dorn, Drugs are bad, okay, Earl, Elephant Cavs, Elijah Burns, E-Man Trucker, Eric James, Eric Hopewell, Fallen Snow Kiku, Faded Sufferance, Flinny123, Franklin Badge, Fraser Burns, Frosty Bear, Frosty Fee 492, Fuzzy99, General Fury, G- 9PSX, Gabe, Glue Scappin, Graham Kennedy, Guy Who Does Things, Hagel Waffle, High Plains Drifter, Hired Goons, Who? Hitchy Poo, Holmes, I cancel my Netflix to afford this shout out. I like that. Itchy Nutsaru, Isaias, It's That Nerd James, Jameer Williams, James Clark, James Juan Francesco, Jeff Bergeron, Jimothy, Jay Callahan, Joe Buck, Joe the Sandman, John M. Watkins, John Woodruff, Johnny from Virginia, Johnny Zubu81, John of the Adult Children Podcast, Jordan, Juris Dr. Mario, Just a Fish, Just Car Pranks, Justin Blair, Kayach, Kevin Monroe, Kia Pup, Laces Out Dan, Leroy West. Stretch, level up retro, Lil Bunny Foo Foo 89, Liquor Like Luigi, Lord Wrong Rod Von Huging Don the Second, Lord Stay Puffed, Lotus, Lucas Valadez, Madame Nuttish, I still know how to fucking say that, Makeshift Mallow Magic Money, Marcus Mendoza, Mario Galaxy still hasn't reviewed Adam Blank, Mark Sneed, Matt Babinu, Matt Zeus, Maverick Marty, Max Lagroom, Max Sandin, Mega Mav, Mellow Yellow 8787, Mercury 869, Mike, Mike Maloney, Mizuru, Morgan, Mr. Papa Giorgio, Musty Beetle, Nathan Tromblay, Neil Cooper, Nerdy Hybrid, Nick, Nick Amos, Nick Creature, Nicola, No One Cares, Nothing Could Possibly I Go Wrong, Oroku Saki's Gardener, Phil Lencher, Philip Ramsey, Fill Up My Mouth With Farts, Plow King, Postman, Quiet Place Queen, Radioactive Man, Raging Irish, Randy Barrett, Rated X, Elint, Robbie Air, Roger Staubach, Pool Cleaner, Rush's Dog Walker, Ryan Kinchin, Ryan Perry, Ryan Whitcomb, S, Sabin, Sam Carpenter, Scary Terry, Scott Brooks, Shoe Boxers, Shoe Boxers, Sherotic, Scissor Fist, Sleeper Hit, Sli- Slick Rick, Solomon Soto, Sour Goat Face, Squeak Nut, Squint, Steve Dalk, Storm Beagle, Stud Steel Smash, Ted Explosion, Test Tickle, Ah, I get it. The Big Deal, The Kings, The Fletchman, Theodore, The Supreme, Chosen Rizzo, This MF, Thomas Childs, Thomas Smith, Timmy the Exuberant, Turtle, Timothy Sabrinsky, Titan 420, Tom Houlihan, Tornado, Triple, Tunable Power, Tyler, Tyler Bauer, VOS Rager, Works For Me, West Gen, Wheel of Fish, Wilco, Wimpf, 15, Wolfgang, Darren, Wolf Magic, 21, Why the Surgeon Who's Not a Surgeon Row, Maverick, it's X, Maverick X, Youngster, TK, Zach Shepard, Zamato, Zane Donovan, and Zonko 504. That went pretty good. That was not a bad batch of shoutouts at all. Thank you all so much. You're all my heroes. Except one of you. And you know who you are. Talk to you all in the next one, everybody. Cheers.